welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and fan castings, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today we've got an extreme episode for you. It couldn't be more extreme. It is the 1998 Disney Channel original movie, Brink, and we're also going to tie that in with the mid-90s show Street Sharks that were extreme sharks that some of them skateboarded and rollerbladed and they did shit around the city. And then, and then we are going to do another very 90s thing, which was in the comics. Uh, in Marvel Comics, they had an event called Infinity Crusade, which was the third of like the Infinity Trilogy, which all started off with the Infinity Gauntlet mm-hmm. uh, that most people are all well aware of. If you're not by now. Yeah, I mean, with with, with, the, with uh, Infinity War coming out last year, everyone should at least know what the Infinity Gauntlet is and yes. the purpose of it and everything. So. Exactly. Uh, and then they did the Infinity, it was Infinity Gauntlet, and then Infinity War, and then Infinity Crusade. So this is the third one. And we'll talk a little bit more about the Crusade mm-hmm. when we get into that section. And why the hell we're actually casting it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, yes, that, that <laughs> is a good point. Uh, so, 98. Extreme year, John. Yes, it is. Tell us all about it. Brink came out August 29th of 1998. The Billboard Hot 100 single of that week was The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. I, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Not at all anything I was into at the time, but mm-hmm. can go back and... I mean, if it came on the radio, I could listen through it. I have a tendency of being able to kind of go back and appreciate things that I didn't like necessarily yeah, when I was a kid. Definitely. Two good hip-hop pop stars yeah. back in the day. That, that yeah. Then they you know did that collaboration song. It was good. It was pretty big, big damn hit, I remember. Yep. Uh, a little space movie by the name of Armageddon was top in the box office. Yes. And that song, <laughs> that, that's a song that dominated <laughs> the oh, charts. Jesus. That one, that was the song that wouldn't die, and it's not even that it's a bad song; it no. just wouldn't go away. It, that that absolutely the Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. It was so monstrous that it it absolutely it just got so fucking tiring. I was so sick of that song. Right now, you know, it's probably been like you know, it's well, it's been over twenty years since then. But like, it's been long enough that I listened to it and then I fucking belt out in the car and I'm just like, <laughs> I want to close my I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss a thing. All right. Even when I dream of you, (laughs) this latest dream I ever knew, I still miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss a thing. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right, a couple of other interesting things that happened that year. Uh, that year, Marvel offered the cinematic rights to almost all of its characters to Sony for $25 million. Whew. 
Sony they, rejected it and only took Spider-Man for $10 million. <laughs> wow. Spider-Man for 10 yeah. Everything else for yeah. only 15 extra. Yeah. Damn, Sony. <laughs> Dumb move, Sony. Yeah. That's all right, I don't though. know how that turned out. It worked out best for us as fans, I think. Yep. Sony, I mean, Sony did fine. You know, Spider-Man was solid. Uh, those movies that they did, some of them, but like, hell yeah, they could have done some. They could have tied everything into you, to the same universe early on if they wanted right. to. All right. Well, what you gonna do? Uh, that was also the year that MP3s were created. Okay, uh, which was a, a big part of my college uh, career because yeah. uh, that's when Napster came out, <laughs> and that is the final output we do. Uh, so that's how you're getting this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Napster. Oh, that's right. Napster wasn't too far. Probably after that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that was things that happened in 1998. All right, exciting year. I was 13 in 1998. You didn't add that in there, John. I thought that was pretty important. Why the hell would you bring that up? <laughs> You've never brought that up before. Just, I was 17 through most of 1998. What the hell does that have to do with it? I don't know. All right. Fuck it. We're going. Let's get into Brink. All right. Brink from 1998. This was a Disney Channel original movie. Now, a lot of us remember Disney Channel original movies. At least at least I kind of do those early ones. Um, now, that was a, specifically it was a branding thing that the Disney Channel started in 1997. The very first one being Under Wraps, which was a Halloween kind of movie based on a mummy, almost like Harry and the Hendersons, but with a mummy instead oh, okay. of instead of Bigfoot. And actually stars uh, Bill Fagerbacher as the mummy he's patrick from spongebob dauber from from coach that guy um and i watched a couple of those early ones and uh without question brink was my favorite disney channel original movie and i I kind of stopped i really only watched under wraps xenon halloween town johnny tsunami and brink those are the ones i remember they're actually all made our list that we could eventually get to but uh, this is the first one because we kind of mentioned it a few times in the podcast and this was hands down my favorite one it was uh it really spoke to me as a movie because i played hockey i also skate i did inline skating i wasn't aggressive inline mm-hmm. skater so i didn't do tricks or any of that kind of stuff i just like you know i like skating around because i played hockey and i played inline hockey mm-hmm. and so this kind of movie spoke to me early on as a kid and so i think that's partly why i loved this one compared to a lot of other ones from those disney channel movies uh, similarly there's another one on our list airborne i don't know if you ever saw that one seth green it wasn't a disney channel original movie it might might have been i think it went theatrical uh, but it was a Disney movie, and it had like mm. early Seth Green, who looks uh, ridiculously nineties. <laughs> we'll we'll definitely get to it eventually. Okay, but uh, so Disney Channel did make original TV movies before, but they were branded under something else. They called them Disney Channel Premier Films, and you might remember some of those. I don't know if you ever heard of Suzy Q that starred Amy Jo Johnson. She was adorable in Suzy Q, or Wish Upon a Star that was Catherine Heigl. John's just shaking his head. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen any of them. Okay. Then this though this this was your first time seeing this movie, correct? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was 98. Yeah, you were 17 for most of 98 as you mentioned. See, it's mm-hmm. relevant that I brought that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now. Yeah, which is way past the time uh, for probably watching these. And I was 13, which is I was just at the end, the tail end of it. Like I was definitely done by the time like 
high school musical and like even like the the mermaid one which i think it's called the 13th year or something like that and a whole bunch of like those other ones i just i I was done and i was like you know into into high school and like Mm -hmm. past it but um but this one this one was fantastic for me this movie brink was directed by greg beeman and he's more of a tv director He's done quite a bit of episodes of Jag, Smallville, Heroes. He did also direct the other, the first Disney Disney Channel original movie, Under Wraps. And he also directed uh, a movie that I, maybe we'll get to. It's it's way deep down. It's not one that I think we'll get to for a long time. Bushwhacked with Daniel Stern. Did you ever watch that one? No, I remember. Uh, I remember seeing trailers for it and okay. deciding pretty quickly I wasn't going to go see it. But. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we have it on the list, but it's uh, it's not coming up anytime soon. And Brink was produced by Bernadette Caulfield, who also did Under Wraps. She also did quite a bit of other stuff that got bigger and bigger. X-Files, and then mm. she got into more intense stuff like uh, Carnival, oh, wow. Big Love, and also is a fairly major producer on Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. So, uh, good job to Bernadette Caulfield. You've taken that Disney Channel <laughs> and train and... Written it, written it high. Yes. <laughs> uh, also produced by David Hoberman. Has done some other movies that also, you know, pretty kick-ass stuff. Uh, did the more recent Beauty and the Beast, the live-action one. Produced that. As well as Warm Bodies, which is a movie I enjoyed. The Fighter. A uh, bunch of others. So, okay. some good crew on this film, for sure. Music was done by J. Peter Robinson, who is someone that we've actually talked about before. Huh. He did the music for The Wizard. Okay, uh, and I think this is—I think it was probably the first time we brought up Brink because I saw that this was one of the okay. movies. Uh, also, did Cocktail, which is okay. the Tom Cruise movie, yeah. and then Cadillac Man as well. Some okay. other some other good movies, and I think ones that we might get to. Like Cocktail is one I know we saw. We were way too <laughs> we young. were way too young to see it, which is funny because that kind of puts it uh, for availability on our list. Yeah. I remember it as a kid, even though we should not have watched no, it. No, but yeah, we it's. It's definitely, I definitely remember it. And then this movie, Brink, stars Eric Von Detten as Andy Brink Brinker, who I'm just going to call Brink from now on. And he was, I don't know, pretty famously, he was uh, Sid, the voice of Sid on Mm -hmm. Toy Story. Yes. uh, I think for at least two of the movies, if not all three. Uh, well, there's just the first. Sid only appears in the first one. No, he, he has he has like a voice. Maybe it's not a voice. Sid kind of appears in maybe it's the third one as well. You see you see a character with the Sid shirt. Maybe he didn't do the voice. Maybe they didn't even have a voice. Oh, no, I mean he's credited on it. Okay, so, yeah. I think I think he just made some like little noises. Like he, he was like he was a trash man. I remember he was like a trash collector guy in I think it was the third one. But he was an adult, and you can only tell because he's wearing the exact same skull T-shirt. Uh, oh, and he okay. has like headphones on, and maybe he's like doop dap doop dap or something like that. Okay. So, okay. So they got Eric Von Denton for for that as well. Okay. Uh, and then he was also a voice on Recess, which I know is a, Recess is a huge show. It was just past my point though. I didn't really watch it. I didn't either. And then he was also in The Princess Diaries. I think he was a good looking kid in in that oh, movie. Okay. Sam Horgan plays our villainous Val. We remember him from Little Giants as Spike. That was probably when we first started talked about brink because well, i think you're, i remember you going we, off about that yeah we definitely well. i definitely went into brink uh the most on that one david graff plays uh brink's dad and he's definitely someone he's probably the actor that i remember most in this entire movie right uh because he's tackleberry in uh, the police academy movies right <laughs> and he was in like all, all the police academy movies he, i think he pretty much made like every single one of them yeah uh and then the finally the only other actor of note that i want to bring up is uh, Walter Jones, and he plays one of the X-Blades, Boomer, uh, and he was Zack in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. He was the Black Ranger. Yep. 
I remember her. All right, so we start off the movie. We immediately get some like 90s music going on. It's right away. I want to kind of say just straight up with a lot of the, there's a lot of music cues in this movie that they mm-hmm. just bring up. They're very 90s. They're not like huge hits or anything like that, but they kind of immediately took me back to like that <laughs> late 90s extreme time. And I was like, okay. There's a lot of ska. Yeah, a lot of ska. Exactly. So Brink grabs his inline skates and, you know, he's such like a 90s kid where he's like rushing out and he's like, I don't have time to eat, mom. But he grabs some food and he's like, gets out <laughs> of the door. Uh, but, you know, he, or he chugs some chocolate syrup. That's what he does right. right into his mouth. Don't have time to eat, but I'll fucking load my body with this awful sugar uh, and then get out there so I can skate. Uh, and we get, yeah, we get that solid, that solid song uh, for a short little bit. That's good ska. Got a million things going round in my head and I never really paid attention what you said, no. And now I wish that I would have said goodbye, but it's much too late. And all I do is get, and all I do is take. Gotta look before you leave. And his friends are waiting for him, and they kind of, they they apparently miss the bus because Brink is late, and he's apparently late all the damn time, it seems. Uh, Slacker. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't seem very angsty. No, 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 no. He's, this is this is post-grunge. You know, we're done. Right. They're kind of past the angst, and now it's a happy time, you know? <laughs> The, the dark shades of like you know that emo are done right. the grunge is done and it's now it's like it's the bright 90s time this is this is where it's oversaturation time yeah back when uh, things actually started to look good yeah. the economy was doing real well yeah. i remember this was around the time i was i was riding with friends to school i didn't i was not lucky enough to have my own car when we were in high school but mm. i would have to drive a lot of places i remember gas where we lived cost 60 like 3 cents yeah. to a gallon Ugh, it's good those were the times <laughs> yeah now that we're adults like damn it very nostalgic. Now I'm pumping out like three dollars and sixty yeah. cents where yeah, I live. It's, it's three. Yeah, it's three sixty <laughs> something here too. Three bucks more. Fucking gas. <laughs> fucking being an adult, man. <laughs> this, this is why we cling on to these days. Yeah. We're just like, oh, we, days when we had no responsibility. Exactly. All the responsibility was on your parents and your teachers, and you didn't have to do shit. You just had to like fulfill. You had to just, show up. You had that to show it. up exactly. And school was easy enough for us. And yeah. It was just like, man, we just gotta have fun. Fuck it, now I'm depressed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, uh, so Brink and them miss the bus. Instead, they want to, they're going to skate to the beach. It's apparently, you know, a bunch of miles. And I, you get a really cheesy line here that I have to call out. Jordy is like, I don't want to skate all the way to the damn beach. Mm-hmm. And Brink says, oh, Jordy, 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 when you woke up this morning, did you say to yourself, today I'm going to talk or today I'm going to skate? And it's just, Oh it's, a, oh, it's a cheesy, it's a cringeworthy line. Look at it now. In a uh, movie full of cringeworthy lines. Yes. Uh, but we get a, a good, you know, a good song as they're skating down to the beach. It's got a, got a little, good little montage. And they're grinding, doing tricks as they're going down there. And it also gets them, like, set up that this is, like, the last week of summer break. You know, their school's going to be starting soon, that kind of stuff. So we see that they, they see them skating down. They're skating down to Santa Monica Pier. So they're down in, like, you know, Santa Monica, Venice area for sure. Um, I definitely recognized it immediately. I've been down to the pier plenty of times. And so I was just like, oh, yeah, hey, that makes me feel cool. I'm in the California area. <laughs> I recognize that. And they make it to what they call is the pit, which is the little skate park in mm-hmm. the area. Uh, and we see this guy from Inline Skater Magazine uh, that they want to try and like impress. 
um, with a hat that was a sh- that had a shot that was so not subtly tight on it that said <laughs> he turned it and it says inline skater magazine <laughs> and very cheap embroidery so maybe the budget wasn't huge on this movie i would say agreed <laughs> and what they say is they want to impress him with their soul skating pretty much uh because they they call themselves the soul skaters we skate for fun we're soul skaters and they are like this group of you know stick it to the man kind of you know we do this for for the, for the love of of inline skating uh, the soul skaters. <laughs> We're soul skaters. That, and that stuck with me through the years, at least, of like, oh, man, to be a soul skater. Actually, I never really wanted to be a soul, soul skater. I always wanted to be an X-Blade. <laughs> <laughs> they have a cooler name. They got, they, you know, they got cool look. They get money. I was going to say they get paid. Yeah. But the inline skating magazine guy is actually here for Team X-Blades, who shows up right now. And they're a professionally sponsored inline team. Uh, we see... This one character, Pete, one of the soul skaters, is trying to do this 540, and they keep kind of setting, they set this up pretty well, actually. They do a good job of it, mm-hmm. that, you know, he's trying to hit this 540, this inverted 540, and he can't do it. And we see immediately that Val from Team X-Blades and the coach are kind of dicks as they kind of mock him, at least like to themselves. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's an easy-ass trick. I can handle that. I'm Val. And so, yeah, it's very quickly set up that they're, they're the bad guy. And he, Val in particular, is the douchiest of the douches. <laughs> But they kind of, uh, the X-Blades kind of trick them out of the pit because, you know, if you're there, you kind of, it's it's, it's an on, it's a dibs situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they kind of trick them out. And Brink does this little prank. He tells these skateboarders that the X-Blade team, you know, was making fun of them and calling them like pansies or whatever. I can't mm-hmm. remember what he said. Um, and I totally remember, I, I'm sure this was, maybe, maybe this is bullshit, maybe it wasn't. But like me, because I enjoyed inline skating and whatnot, I always felt that there was like this quiet beef between inline skaters and skateboarders. I felt like they, you know, they they were they use the same kind of equipment or, or you know, they're all using the same stuff. But like people are like, oh, you're a skateboarder? No, man, I'm an inliner. I'm... <laughs> I'm a blade. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I think it just fit with the 90s. Maybe that's yeah. just me. It's just like that yeah. kind of thing that, you know, oh, you're extreme. You're extreme by standing on a board. Well, I'm extreme by strapping those wheels right to my feet. <laughs> I'm more extreme than you. Uh, you know, it's so 90s, man. Uh, we then meet Brink's family. Or we kind of saw them earlier, but we're also seeing Brink's family here in the next cut, the next uh, scene. They are kind of really a regular movie family kind of like i'd say middle class yeah maybe almost lower middle class but like man i'd say in in the middle in that right in that middle class mm-hmm. and we have some setup that the dad's back uh, was hurt and he hasn't really been able to work recently mm. so if there's anything i know about movies if you hear if you know the dad's not working there's gonna be money troubles yeah. and the and then shit's gonna go awry yep. so wait and find out if that happens on brink it does okay <laughs> So, uh, we cut to school, and we met uh, Gabriella as one of the soul skaters earlier, mm-hmm. and she's kind of like that, I don't know, classic 90s tomboy kind of uh, character, in my opinion. I, I guess. I know I didn't really get tomboy vibes out of her, other than the fact that she was a skater. But. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, oh, you definitely get it in this scene, because... She comes to school in a dress, and she is not having oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, she, okay, yeah, I get she's that. not happy by wanting to wear a dress. Which I will say, not that I've ever worn a dress, mm-hmm. but I have worn a kilt. That shit is freeing. It's very comfortable. <laughs> uh, I, I own a kilt as well. They are incredibly comfortable, yes. and I've thought about wearing them just for shits around. I, I did. I've worn them a couple times, but never to work. Maybe I should because <laughs> I don't care. They're fun. They they feel good. Yeah, especially if you're regimental. 
<laughs> hey uh, All right. <laughs> anyway, back to Brink. Val and his dick friends come up, uh, and they play a little mean prank on Pete, and they end up taking his shoes. They throw him up on the telephone wire. Uh-huh. Uh, shit like that. Just more of setup that Val's an asshole. Also, a little setup that the soul skaters aren't going to let you know that kind of bullshit get them down. Their friendship is going to get past right. the, the asshole other inline X-Blades team. We're soul skaters. Gabrielle lets Pete use his shoes and she'll stay in her shitty little dress and right. girly shoes or whatnot. Right. We see uh, in science class, Brink has kind of come up with a, a prank to fuck up with Val for, uh-huh. for being a dick for Pete. And I, I definitely remember this scene uh, where he ends up like stealing and grabbing a bunch of worms and putting it into Val's lunch sandwich. Yes. And Val ends up eating it, of course. Hilarious. <laughs> not, not really hilarious now. Maybe I liked it as a kid and it was right. funny. Uh, the thing I thought was weird is, I mean, yeah, okay, sure, you can switch the meat, but there's a, a distinctive shot. You see Val looking at a sandwich and then eating it. Right. It's like, he would totally notice, <laughs> like, right then and there. Worms were, like, hanging out the edge. Yeah, it was very obvious. But anyway, whatever. He still eat it. It's it's funny. Uh, and so X-Blades are pissed, and they're going to challenge them. And how else would you challenge uh, by doing a race? You have to... The X-Blades versus the Soul Skaters. We're Soul Skaters. You're going to race at school, which uh, there's a no-skating policy at school. Just so you know, this is, this is against school rules. Pretty much every school has that policy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think probably for good reason, as we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're going to do like a little relay race, which they started going. You know, it's it's fun. I don't know. Because apparently they happen to have their skates with them. They, they all had their skates with them. Of course, John. <laughs> they're soul skaters and X-Blades. They always have their skates with them. <laughs> so they get it going. And the thing that kind of pissed me off is as they're skating, they're doing these tricks mm-hmm. as they're skating. Like if it's a race, you don't do big tricks. Like that just slows you down. Like doing a bunch of big grinds right. and doing all, you know, doing all that kind of stuff ends up slowing you down that is not good for racing like mm-hmm. and so that kind of pissed me off <laughs> just like i'm a stickler you know because <laughs> i'm a competitive guy and if you are racing why the fuck would you like jump around and start doing like a 360 spin right. uh, to a grind like, like no man you just fucking drop you know you get low and then you you're, you're trying to hit for speed right well that's all they know Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's all they know <laughs> they just know how to grind man it's not a grind. we're soul skaters so Anyway, so they do that, but Boomer, uh, a.k.a. Walter Jones, a.k.a. the Black Ranger, uh, he ends up running into a pole, and it busts up his leg mm-hmm. or his knee or something, uh, and he's in trouble. And here we kind of see you know, Brink. He's got a lot of humanity into him. He cares about people, and so he you know, pretty much stopped the race to try and help mm-hmm. Boomer. But Val, more like me, I guess, very competitive. <laughs> he wants to win at all costs. Right. And so he's like, what the fuck, man? It's, who cares about Boomer? I want to win this race. Um, but it, he, he stopped, though. That's the, what, did he keep going? Well, he had to, he had to wait for Boomer, because uh, Boomer got hurt, and he was, he was waiting for him to tag him so uh-huh. he could then do oh, the that's race. Right. And that's so, right. But Boomer got him, and then he left, but then, you know, right. it, then he... Really, the race was kind of done because Brink wasn't wasn't finishing it. So he was like, right. yeah, not happy about that. So obviously, all the kids got in trouble at the school because someone got hurt now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they got suspended. Day one at school, apparently. <laughs> First day. Set up this fucking race during lunch. I guess during lunch. Or maybe they were skipping or something. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of a funny little scene where the dad was driving Brink back, back home. And Brink is like talking all kid talk. Kind of shit, you know, like very slang, 90s right. slang. Dad, 
Valinus crew were ditching us. So we started giving them beef right back, and then they wanted to hit it right there at school. And clearly we couldn't step off, so we had to battle. And the dad uh, not being able to understand one bit of it. Uh, it's kind of kind of funny, in my opinion. I feel like it works well. I will say, I kind of I like David Graff uh-huh. as the dad. I think he worked pretty well as an actor. Yeah. He did a pretty damn good job. I yeah, think. he was fine. He's very believable. He seemed like a very just '90s dad. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought I'm surprised he didn't go on to do more like you know sitcommy stuff or something because I thought right. he fit very well in that role. Uh, also, but unfortunately, things just aren't going well for his dad because on the drive home, the car breaks down. Uh, so just also just further little setups like fuck they're having money trouble you know the car's yep. not in great shape etc cetera, etc cetera. and we get a scene you know then the very next scene the dad is talking to the mom just about kind of like their money woes and Brink overhears it so okay mm-hmm. more setup that okay now Brink is understanding they're having having some money issues just planting little seeds that will get you know paid off later right the team X Blades the next day uh, even though they're I guess they're all suspended. Kind of go up to the soul skaters and Val just being kind of a, a douche, but telling them about, you know, boomers out of the invitational um, because he's hurt and they have an open spot and just kind of pushing like, oh, yeah, we make money. You know, <laughs> pretty much Val's trying to break up the soul skaters. And this is part of his grand plan of uh, he's got, you know, he's a he's a super villain, John. Yeah. He's got a grand plan, <laughs> but he's trying to, like, you know, break them up. Uh, and so he's just putting something into into their heads and specifically into Brink's head like oh hey we make money you know and we needed it we have an open spot just throwing it out there you're not invited anyway but you know <laughs> whatever uh <laughs> just just being a douche what a douche and we get the soul skaters just the, the way that they kind of like respond is just like you know they're not in it for money man they skate for fun uh that they won't ever sell out mm-hmm. we skate for fun we're soul skaters and that just, I, I just have to talk about it. it. I find that entire concept to be utter bullshit, which, you know, I know that is that, that was a very 90s thing, probably particularly starting from the grunge era. I mean, maybe for punk, from punk even, like, you know, we don't sell out. You know, you don't become a sellout. Be, uh-huh. be the, we just do it because we love it kind of thing. Right. If you love something and can get paid for it, do that. Right. Do that. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Don't don't just take a you know your shitty nine to five job and then skate for fun. Now, granted, if you skate for fun and can't make money, sure, skate for fucking fun. I play hockey. I'm never gonna make money from playing hockey. I'm not that good, but I keep playing because I enjoy it. If I could quit my job this second and get paid to play hockey, I would do it absolutely, mm-hmm. I would, absolutely. Or if I could get paid to just watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And you talk know? about it on a podcast. And that's why we're trying to... That's exactly what we're trying <laughs> We love watching movies. We enjoy talking about it. Yeah. So we want to get paid people. Hey, if, you, if you're if you not a patron, feel free to check out our Patreon page. <laughs> www.patreon.com forward slash Blast Pascast. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. But absolutely. Like, if you really love something, do it for fun. And if you can find ways to make money from it, you should fucking do that. That, I, mm-hmm. that The whole philosophy of the Soul Skaters... I understand where they're coming from, but I think it's uh, it's a bit jilted because they're just kids and they don't have to do with responsibility. So right. they can be like, oh, my parents pay for anything anyway, so I can just skate for fun. Fuck you. <laughs> like, you know what? You could be making money. You could honestly be making a living, you know, off this stuff. And they don't, yeah, they don't want to do that. So they're entitled. I think the Soul Skaters, <laughs> even though the X-Blades are the villains, 
soul skaters are the entitled ones because they don't realize, you know, that they could be helping out their parents. They could be like, you know, bettering their lives. So what about that, John? What do you think about that? Am I a sellout because I said that? (laughs) No, I think you're an adult because I said that. (laughs) Because that is very much sort of a, you know, young mentality. Yeah. And it's, at the one hand, it's understandable, but, you know, it's not really realistic. No. And I'm, I like to be realistic. I'm a realist. <laughs> we cut to the soul skaters practicing. We see Pete trying this 540 again, and he still can't do it. I wonder if that's going to come back. It does. Uh, <laughs> At least it comes back. Exactly. Hey, it's, I, there's, there's some actual decent, like, you know, full circle writing that they do in this movie. Because I was expecting some of this stuff to just go away, and then it actually did come back a good mm-hmm. bit. And so I was just like, oh, okay. Solid job. You understand proper story structure. <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, we see here at this practice, Brink's distracted. And honestly, at this point, again, because I'm an adult, I thought to myself, why the fuck are they practicing? They just got suspended mm-hmm. for skating at school. I would take their skates away. I would ground them, not let them outside. <laughs> What the fuck are they doing? Like, what are these parents? I don't get how they're even allowing them to skate right now. You, as a parent, if your son was suspended on day one from school of skating, would you ground him and take away his skates for a while? For skating at the school? Yeah. Probably not. Oh. <laughs> All right, John, you're a pussy parent. I'm going to have a. No, good... no, 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 no. It's because I think this is a dumb fucking rule. <laughs> you can't. No, no, a, no. A kid, a kid broke his leg, John. Okay. Yes, but that was on him. If my, if my kid was directly responsible for him breaking his leg, that would be one thing. Okay. But he fucked up. Okay. You he was, skated yeah. into the pool. All right. All right. Listen, there's... Yeah, kids are stupid. They're going to do dumb things. You can't be mad at everything. Especially with two younger ones. Mm-hmm. I really come to... I can't be mad at every little thing. You, you got to take whatever moment it is and see if you can turn it into a teachable moment. All right. There's a time for grounding someone. There's a time for being an asshole. But there's a time for trying to find a teachable moment. And then honestly, there's a time for being like, okay, this is just stupid. It's going to pass. And this is a stupid. No, I see it. I see this as a teachable moment. And I would teach him by grounding their ass. <laughs> that's, that's what I would do. I'd say, hey, dumb fuck, you paid attention to the rules. You're in your room. And I'm taking away your Wi Fi password, bitch. <laughs> no more of that data plan. <laughs> I mean, if it was a high, if you know, if my kid in high school and 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 they got suspended, I, I don't know. I mean, for, well, first of all, it's a unique situation. I, I, if I was the dad, I would have at least put him to work or something. Yeah, like exactly, that. yeah, exactly. Mow the yard, right? Put those skates and mow the yard and skate on the grass, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I never understood. I didn't understand like why the father had such opposition to skating like any mention of skating and he thinks it's dumb yeah first of all the kid's out there doing something athletic (laughs) he's not sitting at home playing video games with a stump up his ass all day which i mean in 98 there was plenty of video games out there yeah yeah, we played plenty all the time time. yeah so but the stump up his asshole (laughs) (laughs) i just (laughs) i just (laughs) i never tried that as a video gamer huh you never heard the term (laughs) with your thumb up your ass Maybe. I'm just thinking, I'm a realist. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently a literalist. (laughs) All right. Anyway, I would ground him at this point. This is like the next day. I think he could go a day without skating. Anyway, he's a soul skater. We're soul skaters. All right. uh, 
Brink secretly goes to the X-Blades tryouts and, you know, saw this a mile away. Uh, he's going to try to mm-hmm. make the team. We get another very 90s song going on at the beginning of, like, the, uh, the X-Blades tryouts, which actually I kind of like. You know, it's still that ska style. And... Really, this was all part of Val's plan. We can kind of see he wanted to coax Brink, you know, to, to break up those soul skaters. And, uh, of course, Brink's awesome. He makes the team, but he wants to try and keep it from his soul skater friends. He doesn't want to show them that he's sold out. He wants to secretly sell out. <laughs> That's not going to come back to bite him in the ass. No, of course not. <laughs> we uh, also meet Jimmy, who we kind of saw him before, but he's the owner of the X-Blades. And, yeah, boy, is he a douche. Well, here's the thing. He is kind of douchey. Yeah, he's a douchey person. But yeah. I, I never really got the sense that he was really that malicious. No, agreed. He's not malicious. Like he's just he's just He's a businessman and yeah. and I mean kind of at the beginning, he kind of what I mean, even then, like He's not the one who says, tells, you know, tells Val to go get the kids off the thing. He complains about it, and then Val says, "I can do it." Yeah, true. Val's the malicious one. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy's just a, a business guy who happens to be kind of douchey and skeevy a little bit, but not malicious yeah. in any way. I he, never really saw him. I never really saw Jimmy as being really the no, bad guy. Agreed. He's Val is one hundred percent the bad guy. Jimmy is the kind of douche who buys a Porsche before he can really afford it because <laughs> he has a little one inch pecker and he he doesn't understand. You know, like you know that's. Right. He thinks that's going to get him women and, and whatever. Uh, but he is, yeah, just a businessman, that kind of thing. But the thing that bothers me is Jimmy just kind of like turns to Brink. He's like, your parents are okay with this, right? And Brink's like, sure, yeah, whatever. Like, no, 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 no. If you're hiring a kid, right. you have to get their signature. Right. Uh, you actually have to get legit paperwork and uh, a W-9 and uh, some real stuff. You maybe know, they cut that scene out of the movie. Maybe. <laughs> Probably would have been a very boring scene. Yes. You know, maybe you could have had like a 90s montage of, let's get that W-9 and, and see if he has two types of documentation. <laughs> you know, get that social security card. Boom. You're hired. <laughs> Probably not as fun. No, not so much. No. We see Brink, uh, you know, he gets he gets home and he's like hiding his, his new swag that he got into his hamper, which I thought was kind of weird because his mom would totally find it. Brink's not the kind of guy who does his own laundry. No. And you can tell his mom probably is the one, or dad, because he's not working right now, right. is the one who goes through, grabs his laundry basket, and so they would have totally found it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a terrible hiding place. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, it doesn't end, that doesn't end up coming back, which right. I thought was kind of weird. At dinner, Brink offers to help the family he you know he kind of he already got this skating job and so right. he's trying to be like hey you know i can i can skate to make money the dad as you mentioned very opposed to it which uh, is stupid this is stupid you know you're doing an you're doing a physical activity and you could get money for $200 a week which was which is very solid for high school kid to be making yeah you know just kind of on the side with some stuff yeah he shoots it down and he's like no you're just gonna get another job and you should get a different job instead that's which is dumb because any other job he got would probably pay less yeah yeah absolutely and uh, I, don't, I mean, if my kid came to me and said, hey, I, I got a job, my first question is going to be, is it illegal? No? Fine. Go do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't sign anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah. I should have. Yeah. That montage, John. Yes, montage. <laughs> montage would have done it. I mean, as long as long as it doesn't hamper, you know, the things he needs to get done. Yeah. And he's getting paid for it, then, well, you know, and it's not illegal. Well, it, I think we're going to get some hampering, John, uh-huh. <laughs> coming up. Uh, we're going to cut to school, and they're in... 
uh, a home economics class. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? I haven't seen one of these things in years. I haven't even heard about home ec. Do they even have that in school anymore? Yeah. Really? It's the high still- school I taught at still had a, had ba- they didn't call it home ec. Mm-hmm. It was, they had, okay, so it was, it was weird. Home ec, I think, covered a whole bunch of different topics. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sewing and cooking. And most people think cooking when they think home ec, but it was more than just that. Yeah, which, I mean, but there's some basics, home basics. Funnily, uh, oddly enough, the the high school I taught at, we had a sewing class and a cooking class, but they were separate. We had had like a basic like fashion costuming class, which the first part of it was, I believe the first first one was like actually learning it just to Mm -hmm. sew and all the basics of it. And then we had a cooking class. So we basically had it. Yeah. Uh, but there are other schools I know who, who have probably some semblance of it. I'm sure in the majority of schools across the country, it's been cut in some way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I don't remember having it at all in, in my school, uh, in high school. I don't, I, there I don't maybe... remember. I remember, it, I remember in our middle school, we had it. You were middle school. I didn't go to the same. Did you go to the same? We went to the same one. Oh. oh. You went to Haynes Bridge, right? Yeah. Yes, we went to the same one. Okay. Well, there was a lot of schools we didn't go to. I went to three different elementary schools, and then I couldn't remember like where you were in your stage. when you. Okay, so you did Haynes Bridge. Yes. Okay. I think that was the only one we went to in, in common. You didn't go to Cumming Elementary, did you? Uh, yeah, for two did years. You start, for two, Kindergarten okay. and first. Okay. That, so those are the only two schools. Yeah. Because then we didn't go to the same high school. Yeah. Which was for weird reasons, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a brand new school. Yeah, that it, they opened it, a brand new school near us, and I got grandfathered back into my old school. Yeah, and you didn't you didn't want to... It would have just been for your senior year, right? Two years. Junior and senior. Okay. But you, you're like, fuck that. I, I enjoy my, my life here. Yeah. So, okay. Which is fine. And then we went to college together, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were kind of a super senior, <laughs> uh, and while I was... I was a music there. major. Historically, music majors take at least five years to finish. <laughs> yeah. Because they make you take so many other like of the mm-hmm. core classes yeah. that our major required so many major classes to take that it was there. There was a plan that you could try <laughs> to do to, to get it done in four years, and some people did it, but the vast majority of music majors is five years. And I know yeah. that in a lot of colleges they'll tell students when they go in, listen, as a music major, expect to be here for five years. Yeah. Back to home economics. <laughs> okay. Brinkies. You can see that Brink's like trying to tell his friends about that he joined Team X Blades, you know, and that he's not going to be able to do the invitational with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just doesn't, he doesn't he can't get, quite get it out. Can't quite get it out. He doesn't, you know, man up, quote unquote, if you yeah. will. And we see Val comes up being a dick to them and really kind of just like, you know, shoving into their face that, you know, and kind of pretty much told Brink, you're not allowed to do pranks on me or make fun of me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we see we see Brink just kind of like, you know, tucking his tail between his legs and really? not, not calling him a jerk kind of thing. So the Soul Skaters, they can obviously tell something's up going on with Brink right now. We get a good 90s song. It's the same song that we heard from earlier at the tryouts. Uh, and Brink is now practicing with the X-Blades. And Val's, you know, being a complete asshole, basically mm-hmm. just, you know, trying to push everybody like, that wasn't good enough. You got to do it again. That kind of stuff. We're kind of starting to see that, okay, at this at this practice, now Brink is trying to do that one. He's trying to do it all. It's mm-hmm. just too much time. So he's trying to get, he's trying to finish the X-Blades practice so he can get the money, then go over to the Soul Skaters, do their practice so he doesn't seem like a sellout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we also see that he still hasn't told them, obviously. He's just yeah. trying to keep it a secret. And then to pile it on, the dad talked to one of his friends and got a job for Brink because Brink was talking about getting a job. And so now he's going to be a dog washer at Puppin' Suds. <laughs> I like that. That's a good name for a, for a dog washing place. Sure. 
We do get, a, a, I think, a funny line where uh, Brink's like, you know, I don't know the first thing about animals. And the dad says, you babysit your sister Katie, don't you? <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> That's a funny line. It yeah. is a funny line. The dad, again, I, I like David Graff. He does a good job. <laughs> the dad is funny. We haven't talked about the sister. Uh, the sister is very sassy. Just kind yeah. of a, a, you know, she's not like, you get like a lot of times where like the youngest sister is like the smartest in the room, it seems sometimes. Right. But also not always just that, but just they're definitely the loudest and sassiest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's definitely the case. Yeah. Here, I, I kind of equate it to Thora Birch and Hocus Pocus a little bit, where she's definitely the sassiest person <laughs> in, in that movie. Yeah, but we don't spend a lot of time with the sister in this one. She just kind of, no. we kind of see her in passing and yeah. in certain stages, yeah. so we don't really, there's no real connection with the sister at all. Yeah. Uh, so now we're getting a montage, get a good montage, decent, you know, that a solid 90s montage song going on. Uh, Brink just kind of being, you know, he's busy. He's got so much shit going on. Now we kind of get to the day of the invitational. Brink fakes being sick. Uh, I think we get a funny scene. It felt very Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. uh, where he's trying to, you know, he squirts water on his face. I thought it was funny. I think it's funny when, where he kind of he turns to camera real quick, squirts a bunch of water on his face, turns back as uh, Pete is, you know, <laughs> talking to him, and he's trying to convince the Soul Skaters, you know, not to go to the to the Invitational because right. he knows he'll be skating for X Blades. Right. Um, you know, he's like, instead of checking out the competition that you guys honestly should be doing, uh, go go practice instead. Yeah. That, you know, that kind of shit. <laughs> but uh, we cut to the Invitational and we see uh, that, you know, the Soul Skaters are like, fuck this. We do think we're going to end up going. Mm-hmm. And Brink uh, is like, you know, one of the last skaters. And we see he has to skate big to end up winning mm-hmm. the Invitational for them, uh, which, of course, he does. You know, he puts puts together a solid run doing some big tricks and... The Soul Skaters, of course, co, and they see him skating, and shit goes down. Uh-oh, John, this ain't good. <laughs> They're broken up. They're pissed off. Uh, this is this is the end of the Soul Skaters. Yep. We're Soul Skaters. Brink tries to make peace with them, but it doesn't work. Uh, you know, he was trying to, he went to the to the Santa Monica Pier and was trying to trying to be like, hey, guys, you know, I want to be a Soul Skater again. They just get up and leave. Mm-hmm. And then Val kind of douchily just kind of comes in from the side. He's like, I won't ever leave you, man. You can just... Join with our team. Uh, he has like I don't think he pulls off a backwards hat very well. He does it, and he's got like he's got like this long hair. And I always just thought he looked weird with a backwards hat. I don't know. I don't. Know, maybe it's probably just me that thought that. No, I mean he kind of looks like he's bald under there with long hair on the side. <laughs> kind of did. I wore backwards hats a lot in middle school and high school. Every now and then I try to rock it still, and <laughs> I don't know if it works. No. I try. I tried. I used to wear baseball caps regular. Hold on a lot. I'm getting one. Tell the story. I used to wear them uh, regular a lot, and I still I have a hard time just wearing hats at all. I used to wear like jewelry, watches, necklaces. I now I'm like I can't stand it when anything's on. So I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't wear any. I don't wear any jewelry. No, don't we're, wear we're both. We're both married right now. Neither of us wear rings. It's just no. not as. I don't love them. No, I just it feels like it. I feel like it hinders my right. my hands. All right, John. I got my hat. This is, this is my favorite hat. I wear this hat, not all the time, but if I have to wear a hat, this is the one. Uh-huh. And I'm going to put it on backwards, and I need okay. you to tell me if, if it still works. <laughs> okay. Can I do this? Sure. Uh-huh. I'm instantly transported to about uh, 1998. Yeah! <laughs> all right. All right, I'm wearing this the rest of the episode. Uh, <laughs> at least the rest of Brink. Right. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Where, where did I leave? I was too focused on my hat right now. I've lost, I lost my. <laughs> and I like that you sang the Halos theme. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know, it came out probably like in 
2000 or around that yeah. time. By the time I was in, I started college. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now we get a little bit of background on the championship that's coming up. So yeah, Invitational is done. We see, you know, Brink is still kind of with the X-Blades at this point, but he's not doing so hot, um, at least mentally right now, having to deal with shitty kids or, <laughs> you know, just have, he's lost his friends and he's busy as hell. But we get a little story that, okay, the championship is in three parts, and they're going to do a street, the vert, and the downhill. And so those are the three different aspects of it, uh, and they all have to, like, check out different portions of it, and they are all checking out the downhill course. Hmm. And, of course, you know, the X-Blades are there trying to check it out, and soul skaters show up we're soul skaters and it's just like oh fuck they're not going to let losing brink stop them from competing we see that they're that they want to race to like who gets to practice the downhill basically mm-hmm. and we see val is a little bit of an ignorant racist you know he calls gabriella a mexican where she's peruvian he's an idiot yeah yeah he's definitely ignorant that's yes. for damn sure but they end up racing in the downhill and val like says something very, uh, you know, ominous to Brink, saying, like, you know, at this turn, go on the outside. Which, if you know anything about skating, man, or just racing, <laughs> you don't go on the outside. You you try and cut in so you can get the angle. Right. Uh, it's much quicker. Brink's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But he's just like, just trust me, man. Just trust me, bro. <laughs> I got my backwards hat on, John. I'm right. feeling good. I'm feeling very bro. Yeah. And you are my bro, so it works, all right? <laughs> But Val, you see, he fucks the course up by throwing, like, these rocks, these pebbles onto the street. And I don't know if anybody out there has ever skated on or done inline skating very much or roller, you know, rollerblading out on the street. Uh, you know, I've... I've I haven't. I've done I was, it plenty of times. I was more of a quad man myself. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't pull your quads out on the street. Maybe. You're, no. You're. You were on a. On a I on, didn't own any quads. No. You like to rent them and then skate in a circle. Yeah. On a very nice, smooth. Yeah. Circle. To old uh, bad seventies disco music. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I mean, I did have a pair of uh, rollerblades that I would go skate out on the street pull many a times. You know, and you get hills and whatnot, and even without, you know, not even needing hills, the second you get on anything that's like not just regular concrete or asphalt mm-hmm. it it fucks up your you cannot skate period mm. it makes it if, if there's sand on there you lose all your grip and you fall especially if you're gonna hit rocks you're gonna fall <laughs> and so uh of course you know they're they're racing and gabriella takes the inside because you know she's doing what she's she should be doing to try right. to get the get the edge and she hits the rocks and she goes down hard and she's like, you know, scraped up. And it's just a, it's a really dick fucking move. Yeah. Like that Val, I, I kind of wanted to punch him right then and there. <laughs> being like, man, you're, you, you weren't just being an asshole to these kids. You were physically trying to hurt one of them, yeah. to injure them um, to the point where she can't skate. Like, that's just like, mm-hmm. I don't approve of that. Yeah. Um, but of course, this is the thing the catalyst that i think brink is gonna need to just say fuck this i'm not i'm not with x blades anymore mm-hmm. uh we get a nice little another solid 90s song um you know that's uh it kind of really shows how sorry he is because the entire lyric is i'm sorry Mm 
it really ties in well with him being sorry and him going to apologize. Uh, but which he does. And he realizes, you know, yeah, he's got to rejoin the soul skaters and not skate for money and don't be a sellout. But uh, and Brink at this point, you know, he's also he goes and talks to his dad. He kind of has a heart to heart and he comes clean about, you know, his sponsored skating really kind of, you know, his dad just kind of helps him get his head straight. You are defined by the company you keep and how well you keep it. And there's a just a cute little thing of, you know, his dad and him trying to relate. They don't really, they don't, they haven't been relating this entire time. You know, you yeah. see that from setup of just the way that they talk even, right. um, but it's just kind of cute. Their, their, their relationship is getting better. So that's nice. Uh, Brink officially quits the X-Blades and Boomer, who, Boomer, who was the guy who hurt his leg the entire time, you mm-hmm. kind of felt bad for him immediately because, you know, he hurt his leg and then his friends weren't really there to help him out. Right. And Boomer never seemed like an asshole anyway. Yeah. Really, Val is the worst the short guy with the spiky hair is the second worst because he's just he's just like a little toady kind yeah. of guy. He's just like he just wants to be cool like that. <sighs> yeah, yeah. He, and then and then there's like the the good looking like almost Norwegian Swedish looking guy <laughs> kid. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Very good looking kid. But he was just kind of quiet and he was just kind of like he just kind of did what he was told. Yeah. And he was kind of told to be an asshole, and so he was just kind of like stood beside. You know. Mm-hmm. So. So Boomer does officially leave the experts. He's still hurt. Obviously, he can't really mm-hmm. skate, but. He's he's realized that the X Blades are assholes, and so he's he's leaving to kind of befriend the Soul Skaters. Which actually, once he gets healed up, if he skates with the Soul Skaters, they're gonna be pretty damn good. Yeah. Get rid of Pete, who can't do a fucking five forty, <laughs> and bring on Boomer. He's the Black Power Ranger, man. <laughs> he's got a woolly mammoth. He can just hop in and like do some kick ass shit. But I'm, I'm probably it took not... me a second to realize what you were talking about when you said because he had he's a, a Power woolly, Ranger. He's got the woolly mammoth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So now we cut to the Soul Skaters practice, and things are looking pretty rough. I think Pete uh, would try again that 540 and just couldn't do it or something, and he busted up his skates now. But Brink shows up, and he got them sponsored gear. So it kind of sells out a little bit, uh, but not really, actually. He he ended up taking a, a, a loan early on <laughs> for her. And so now they are, quote-unquote, Team Puppin' Suds, which I think <laughs> is fantastic. He officially rejoins the Soul Skaters. We're Soul Skaters. Uh, now we're just going to get into the championships. And we see that uh, Gabriella starts off, and she's doing really well. And then for the first time, we actually really see Val skating. Like This mm-hmm. is the first time we see Val doing something, and he does great. He gets like a 98 on something. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of weird that we hadn't really seen him skate yet before right like he's there's all this hype that you know he's such a badass skater and then we only see him like you know we're like damn near the end of the movie right it seems but whatever we kind of move through the street competition we get like some montages we get like that sorry song again Mm -hmm. while it's playing I, i like that song i'm not gonna lie It's uh, it's what I think it is. It's I think it was called Apology. Yeah, that's the one by Clarissa. Clarissa. That's just no idea. Not the one who explains it all. No. <laughs> yeah, not the one who explains it all. Uh, uh, just yeah. Clarissa is the name of the the band. Yeah, because it's a band because it was a male vocalist. Uh, which also I remember seeing in the soundtrack, Fastball yeah. did one of the songs. I can't remember yeah. which one. Yeah, cause it does get cute. 
called sooner or later. I'm not sure which one that was. Yeah, I can't. But you know, if anybody knows Fastball, they know their big song, "The Way." Anyone could see the road that they walk on. So we kind of see that the vert competition is next and things are just kind of going good for everybody right now because we kind of see that the dad is there watching, you know, he's supporting the skating now too. And he, he apparently got his job back. So shit's going really well for the family. Apparently Uh, we kind of montage through the vert. um, And luckily one of the teams that was doing better ended up having, having a bad fall uh, and it leaves an opening for Pup and Suds to kind of get in for the finals, which is the finals is just the downhill. Um, and Pete is up. He's the last skater to do vert. And guess what he has to do, John, to do well? A 540. He has to do an invert 540. Oh, God, this thing that he has failed at every time <laughs> he's got to have to do. Some solid writing. But he has to do it. Surprise, surprise. He nails it. Uh, he's super happy, and of course, big surprise, it comes down to Team Puppin' Suds and X-Blades for the finals, which is just the downhill. Mm-hmm. And of course, duh, it's going to be Val and Brink. It's got to be It's got to be those two. Right. Uh, they're going to be the ones doing it. They, they get it started, and they kind of have this, this good kind of driving music behind it. I don't know if you, if you listen to that at all, but there's like this little vocal track that you hear, you got to move yourself <laughs> as it's going, and it's just, I don't know. I like it. For some reason, I like that soundtrack. In the race, it goes back and forth, you know, brinks up, and then Val ends up kind of being up, and then they have this whole thing where weirdly they say there's a blind spot in the video coverage, and of course, this is where Val is being like a complete asshole, uh, and he's like trying to punch and push Brink, Right. Uh, and you know, he ends up spinning around and like falling into these bushes and hurting himself. Or so we think. Mm-hmm. Brink goes to help him. Val takes advantage of Brink's nicety and throws him down. But there was a camera that caught it uh, that we see. So Val kind of throws down Brink and he's uh, taking off and he's in the lead. And then Brink does something that I don't think is very. It, it's not. It's not. It's against the rules. He does a shortcut. Mm-hmm. He cuts through. You see, there's this very laid out flag line that you have to follow and brink cuts through this alley to catch up that is illegal like he should he should be just as punished as val is honestly because at the end brink ends up getting ahead and and winning but he took a shortcut yeah you know but he's the good guy adam but that's not that's not okay to cheat if you're the good guy that's true (laughs) i'm 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 a realist about the rules john (laughs) i'm a stickler i'm a realist i'm a literalist and i'm a stickler so I don't you're think you're a bitch. You're a mother. <laughs> I'm a stickler. I'm a dumper. exactly all, all right, of don't that. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Val. At the end, like everybody's booing Val because they saw that he kind of cheated and, mm-hmm. and threw Brink down. But like they don't they don't talk about that <laughs> cheating, that big shortcut yeah. that he took at all, which pisses me off. Like he should have just done the regular route come in second and then Val loses on a technicality or something like that would have made yeah. more second more sense to me but I thought that was what was going to happen and yeah then he took the shortcut and he took the shortcut so Brink wins on his t- on you know on his cheating methods yeah everybody and Val's shown as the asshole that he is Jimmy kind of comes up trying to give Brink a new offer and he turns it down because he's team puppin suds for life <laughs> I was on team X-Blades once it wasn't any fun you know, they win the championship. It ends on a cheesy freeze frame. Uh, and the credits roll 
over mm-hmm. a very shitty. This is the first shitty song of the movie. There's a very and it's a, it's an obvious original song mm. that plays. Come on, break, jump it, grind and pound it, slam the ramps and show you all. Come on, break, escape the money, glory or fame. Soul skaters riding that perfect way. It's bad. Oh, it's bad. I did not like it. Which, apparently that original song that was written was in part written by Rick Allen. Rick Allen is the one-armed drummer from Def Leppard. Oh, okay. And so he, he helped write that awful song. Okay. <laughs> Things you do for money. I'll let you start. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> it was a, wow, it John. was quite possibly the... I thought this was worse than Monster Squad. This is quite possibly wow. the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This, you're not subtle at all, man. No, I'm not. You've never seen it. You, you're not. You're not open, man. Come on, bro. You got to be open. No, I, I was vocal about the things I appreciated. The acting of the father, realistically, I thought was you know the family itself was decent. It was just so over the top '90s, and I had no nostalgic tie to it. Had never seen it before. I zoned out so many times <laughs> watching this movie. It was so bad. It was so bad. I am not the right person to be reviewing this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not if you want. Not if you expected anything positive at all. <laughs> I got my backwards hat on. I, know. Like, I am feeling the '90s right now, and I mean, we've had listen. We've had things where yeah. I have enjoyed it because I have a nostalgia for it, and you hated it. Yeah. So we're this is we're on the exact flip flop. I recognize that this movie is pretty low quality, but I still kind of hold it in some decent nostalgia value, and I kind of like. And I honestly watching it, you know, even though did it bring back all the feelings? It did bring back those feels, mm-hmm. man. Those those '90s inline vert skating feels that i never really did that stuff but uh, that you know hey i was i was skated i skated on the streets man i was a street skater so (laughs) but i I, well then i'm happy for you yeah i enjoyed that i'm happy that it brought you joy it did it did like i really wish i didn't have to like take notes and like (laughs) kind of dissect it right but you know i know it's not a great movie by any means but probably because i had that nostalgic value and i tie into skating and i right have that as part of my life, I really have a special affinity for this movie. And honestly, I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't... And I think it kind of holds up. If you liked it as a kid, I think it's worth a rewatch. You know, don't go and buy the movie. You don't need to own it in your collection. But, you know, if you can find it, I had to I had to rent it on Amazon Prime to watch it. Um, so I had to spend some money myself. Maybe if you get if you get the Disney app that they're going to be coming out with, Mm -hmm. which I... Very well might. You know? I probably will too. Yeah. They're going to have a whole bunch of stuff on yeah. there. So, and if they and if they have their Disney Channel original movies, go back, spend ninety minutes, and watch Brink because I liked it, and you care what I think. So, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but I don't know. I thought it held up for me. Okay. So, yeah. Extreme. <laughs> Now we're talking Street Sharks. That is a TV show, that cartoon that ran from 1994 to 1996 with like an extra episode that ended uh, coming out in 97. 
Uh, in total, there was 40 episodes. Uh, it was created to promote an existing Mattel toy line of the same name, mm. which um, I, I don't think I ended up having any of the toys. I don't remember. Yeah, but it was just kind all. of another one of those cartoons that's really, you know, hey, buy our, buy our shit, buy right. our toys. I think it really tied in well with the extreme marketing, you know, that was all over the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, you see like the, you know, the X Games, etc. cetera. Uh, that's kind of why I thought it fit well with Brink. Oh, yeah. um, what I felt like... You know, the extreme was like the word of the 90s, if I would have to say, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I'm not sure what maybe like outrageous uh, was the word of the 80s or something like that. I don't know. But to me, the 90s was all about extreme. You know, you had Mountain Dew was really big. Surge came <laughs> right. out. Uh, I think that's really where like even like Red Bull kind of starting to get big and like the monster and the energy or maybe not monster, but like different energy drinks were starting to get there. Right. Uh, and it was all about extreme sports. So I think it makes sense. But, you know, so this show was about these gene-spliced half-shark, half-man creatures. And similar enough, like, I think we kind of talked about it before when we talked about RoboCop, about, like, there was stuff about, like, toxic mutation. Right. huge in, like, the 80s. Right. I feel like also, like, similar enough in the 90s, it was all about, like, gene splicing. And it was all about, like, genetic mutation. So it wasn't toxic, but it was, like science-driven right. mutation. Uh, because, you know, I saw that in the show Gargoyles. They had right. aspects where they kind of, not the gargoyles themselves, but they were there's a whole storyline of where they had these, you know, gene-spliced right. scientists, scientists trying to create gargoyles. Yeah, I mean, you see it in the X-Men cartoon, which admittedly comes from the comics, which was really before that, but still, yeah. they, you know, uh, the cartoon happened at the same time as this other yeah. stuff, so yeah. you can see how it fit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they very not so subtly lived in a city called Fission City, science-y kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The plot is evil Dr. Paradigm. He was working with this Dr. Bolton who had four sons. Uh, and they were all kind of like fairly different people. Dr. Paradigm, the evil one, ended up kind of like or getting mutating the main doctor. And so he, he he's kind of like this whatever creature and he's kind of went off in, into hiding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he then takes the sons and mutates them. They all kind of like get mutated into a shark that right. kind of works with their their personalities, I guess, if you will. Sure. One of them is uh, a great white shark who, of course, you know, is like the leader and needs the smart one. We think of great whites as like, you know, the leader of the sharks if, right. if you had to pick one. Absolutely. You had this big, dumb jock kind of guy. He was a whale shark, uh, which really, you know, they're, they're sharks, I guess. They're definitely fish, but they're not like aggressive like other no. sharks. <laughs> They're very docile. Yeah. But he was a skateboarding kind of guy, too. Uh, we see this inline skater, ladies' man. He's the tiger shark. And his name, <laughs> yeah. And I thought that that worked pretty well. We did get some weird shit in the show mm-hmm. where the tiger shark, you know, him being a ladies' man, there, there were, like, lines that I saw. Uh-huh. Where some of the you know human women were like, "Ooh, that's a good looking shark," and I'm like, "It's a shark, it's a tiger shark, half tiger shark, <laughs> half man." But you know what? Everybody's got their fetish. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> we're all inclusive in this podcast, so whatever you want. <laughs> but that was strange. <laughs> uh, and then we had a, a hammerhead shark that was just kind of I don't know. The guy was kind of like lazy bum. <laughs> that dude, I can't even. I I, he really didn't really know. have a personality. No. Uh, but so anyway, this show uh, starred Lee Tucker as Ripster, who is the great white shark, the leader, the smartest of the group. That lousy gene slamming paradigm's gonna pay for this. Uh, he's done a ton of different voices, but I don't know, nothing really that I specifically remembered him from. But he did voices on Inuyasha, Bob the Builder, maybe a show that we might get to eventually, Mummies Alive. He okay. did a voice yeah, on yeah. that one. 
the character of Streaks, who is the ladies' man tiger shark, was done by Andrew Reynolds. Lighten up, guys. Maybe it's not all bad. Maybe is the biggest actor of this group. Uh, he has been on Girls, that show Girls, for mm. quite a bit. He's actually on another show called, I think it's called Black Monday, but it's a Showtime one with um, Don Cheadle. It's supposed oh, to be pretty good. Okay. Uh, and then he also did a, uh, did a voice in Yu-Gi-Oh!, which I watched a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh! Only like season one of Yu-Gi-Oh! And that was about it. The character of Jab was voiced by Matt Hill. Let's kick some fit! Matt Hill is probably most remembered as Raphael in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> Turtles in Time. What is this? Araldo show! You gotta learn to control that temper, gang! Did I say that? Maybe not okay. remembered from that because nobody remembers that movie. <laughs> He also did. Uh, he also did Raphael in that awful show, The Next Mutation. Did you ever watch any of that? No. Oh, it's so bad. They had the. They they introduced the female Ninja Turtle, uh, oh, Venus de Milo. Yeah. But that wasn't the bad part. Just everything about that show was bad. <laughs> and they had this weird car thing too, as opposed to like the good van. It none of it was good. Uh, but also, Matt Hill was the voice of Ed in Ed, Ed, and Eddie, or mm. one of the Eds, the Ed with one D. Yeah, <laughs> in Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. The school will tell Sarah, and Sarah will tell Mom, and Mom will tell Dad, and Dad will just sit there and watch TV. Slamu, who's the big whale shark, was voiced by Kevin Williams. I don't know about you, but I'm still hungry. He really hasn't done anything of note. And Dr. Paradigm slash Paranoid was voiced by John Michael Lee. Now listen to me. You're not going to survive out here. Your only choice is to come with me. Who also hasn't really done anything of note that right. I recognized. So that's the cast. Not really a huge cast. I was expecting to see some names I recognized. That was hardly any. I really didn't, rec I didn't recognize a single one of them. Yeah. You know, I looked through their credits. I'm like, oh, I... I kind of, you know, have seen you or seen other stuff you've done, but none of right. them were just like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. There's, n yeah, none of, like, the big voice people that I had yeah. seen. It's obviously uh, Mattel wanted the cartoon, but didn't want to put any money yeah. into it. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, you kind of see it. I, I want to immediately talk about the parallels between this show and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. I definitely felt this was a 100% ripoff of TMNT. You know, they're mutated creatures. You know, instead of, like, this toxic ooze, they're gene-spliced. They had an underground base. They had a very extreme angle. Uh, you know, the, the, they were skateboarders as right. well, so they kind of really put that on the map, this whole exact kind of thing. Uh, there was even a joke in episode one. I don't know if you noticed it, or maybe it was episode two, that the female doctor is, like, talking to them, and they're, they're like, trying to get some food, and they're like, how about some pizza? And one of the sharks like, ew, no, we hate pizza. And it's just like, ha, ha I see what you did there. Yeah. It's obviously a tie-in to, like, hey, we're just like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Please give us your money. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles made a lot of money. We want some of that, too. Right. They also had a, you know, bunch of different, like, villains. You know, just like you're trying to sell any kind of right. toys. You had a bunch of stuff. At some point, their main villain, Paradigm, gets uh, mutated himself, and he kind of merges in with a piranha. Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And there's, I can see that they would be cool kind of toys. I just I never had them. No. A main plot point is that their dad has gone missing, and they're trying to find him. You know, he was mutated into some weird thing. And I, and I never went back to find the episode that hmm. he did what what he that you see him this show like the animation was okay uh, i didn't yeah. think it was anything special it, i would say it's on the lower tier of like 90s animation quality mm -hmm. i watched this as a kid for sure you know i i mm -hmm. didn't watch every single episode i probably got tired of it you know probably by 
96 or so. Right. I think they got even weirder because I think they like tied in like dinosaurs and shit like yeah. that from what I heard. I don't really even remember it, but I definitely watched probably like that first season, maybe even most of the second season. It's a very 90s meh show. Yeah. I will say the sharks themselves, they kind of look weird. You know, they had huge heads. Like they're, they're, <laughs> I'd say compared to like, you know, their, their upper, their upper half, like from pecs and up are monstrous right. and are a good 90% of their body and they're like 50% head and they were super muscly, but their legs were skinny. They had little fucking chicken legs. They, you know, they look like they Did needed to legs. go. Yeah. You got to go do some squats, man. <laughs> they, they just didn't, it didn't work for me. Leg day. They absolutely were skipping leg day. And I'm like, come on boys, this is not looking, looking good. Cause when you swim uh, and especially cause they would, swim under asphalt right you gotta kick you know (laughs) kicking is a maybe the most important propulsion (laughs) they're swimming is at least it's up there right and so i was disappointed to see their skinny legs (laughs) also i i enjoy doing squats and deadlifts and i think legs day is important so okay there you go uh i i only watched like one and a half episodes okay going back i saw the first one and then one other one at random and i I remember seeing the show i don't think it was one i didn't watch it religiously i probably would watch it in passing Mm -hmm. or if you maybe you had it on and i would watch it if i was there ultimately i don't know it's very cheesy i don't think i'd ever go back to try and watch it again okay no i'm definitely not going to go back and rewatch it at all i liked the visuals of them like swimming through the streets and whatnot they kind of like you know they they're kind of cutting through. You see their dorsal fins on the right. top. Here's my question, though. Hmm. Now, city has to go back and repair all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, granted, you know, they didn't work. The police didn't like them in this show. That's true. Which is fair enough. Like, yeah, exactly. They're ruining the streets <laughs> and they're ruining like the infrastructure, the, the structure of the yeah. city. You know, they're probably causing sinkholes yeah. and shit like that. This is a uh, it's they're dangerous to society. Yeah. Even though they're they're saving like one person from getting mugged. Right. <laughs> but they're probably they don't they don't show all the people that are like ruining their cars by driving <laughs> over those new potholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cars and just kind of how not not as cool as this show was to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They had like this kind of almost like a dune buggy looking thing. Uh-huh. And then two of them also drove like motorcycles. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't, it's not as cool as like that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle van. Like the van, I don't know, it just feels more, I mean, probably because it's more nostalgic for me, but also it's just like you fit the entire team. They're taking one vehicle as opposed to, you know, Multiple. A, a couple of them in this one dune buggy and then right. others in this other thing. I did think it was very weird that streaks rode a motorcycle because he was the one who had inline skates on. He had inline skates on all the time. So even while he's riding a motorcycle, he had his blades on. And I'm just like, that's impressive. I, I don't think you could work that way. I don't think you can uh, do the actual functioning of the motorcycles uh, with that, but whatever they had, uh, they had a, st- a theme song. The theme song wasn't fantastic. They actually had, they had one theme song that ran for like the, f- the original, like the first three episodes that was uh-huh. like on the pilot. And I kind of liked that one a little bit better. Okay. It's actually pretty decent. Uh, 
Uh, they had, they had a lot of shark puns in it. It's like you know they're gonna kick some serious fin. Oh, it's Jawsome! Like right. very sharky right. uh, puns that weren't very good. And then after that episode, like later into season, into the first season, even um, it got changed. It was more song like, uh-huh. but I didn't think it was as good. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was a very meh. There's also from just I watched probably about four episodes. Honestly, I I take a train into work right now, so I just like ripped a couple episodes, and I was like, yeah, I'll just watch like crazy. Uh, and so I watched them, and yeah, I was not. I, I mean, I noticed I noticed that there were plot holes. I noticed there was poor writing, things right. that just didn't really make any sense. Like at one point, they were tied up, and they had like chains, uh, you mm-hmm. know, like like. Um, was it manacles like on their on their hands? Right, sharkicles, if you will. I don't know what they want to be called. I thought that was a good pun. Okay, fine, thanks, John. You didn't even give me a pity laugh. Not even not even one of your <laughs> awkward. <laughs> but literally, so they had like those those manacles on, and then the very next cut, they had to like escape, and they were just gone. They didn't even break them off. <laughs> it, it was just they just didn't draw them, <laughs> and I was just like, okay. Uh, and then also, just in watching those episodes, they never really seemed to have any trouble with anything. They didn't. They didn't have to like fight to actually like win anything. I mean, they had to like physically fight some stuff, but it was never. There was ne- nothing was ever difficult for them. They were just like, oh, they just bite through something very easily, right. and just you know, they'd end up winning their fights very quickly. Yeah. I mean, you already kind of get any other final thoughts from you? Not really. <laughs> You've been you. You're just kind of just adding in some like. Little extra stuff other than yeah. I could tell you're not a fan of this one. You're just not like, really. So this whole episode is just not for you, man. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't like Brink. I don't like Street Sharks. You're not an extreme kid like me. And that's why no. I have the backwards hat on. Yes. Because I'm a, an extreme 90s kid. Yes. Yes, uh, but I didn't really like this show either. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would not say it holds up. It's a lesser version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, even the toys, you know, I, we never really got those. But this was a little bit later. I guess I was nine. I was, I was still probably playing with some toys by that at that time. Sure. But I kind of like the look of the sharks. They look okay other than their scrawny little legs and yeah. they're looking weird with that. I think they look cool enough like that, like they should be nostalgic and they mm-hmm. should be awesome. They're just not really. It just kind of doesn't really hold up. And for, for us, I think, I think it's, yeah, this is a show pass on right by, you know, <laughs> just going to ease on through the calm water and not disturb the sharks anymore. Yep. <laughs> and that's that. All right. This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by Surge. It's a fully loaded citrus soda with carbos. Beat the rush. 
All right, now we're going to do the casting portion of the show, and as we mentioned at the top, we're going to be casting part of the Infinity Crusade, which was a uh, Marvel comic series, the third one we mentioned in the Infinity series. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of characters in here that we've already mentioned in other castings or are already in film, so we kind of picked the ones that haven't been picked, may or may not see. There's a couple of these characters who we might see maybe even soon maybe. in the MCU. Yeah, but no, none of them are currently in there that we've that I've noticed. At no, least. one of them has been teased. Yes, one of them has been teased, um, and other ones have been I've heard rumors of possibly showing up in certain movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we're going to be casting Adam Warlock, the Magus, which right, we'll yeah. talk about those two. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, let's talk about it. Okay, the Magus is Magus, whatever. I always said Magus. That's fine. Or Magus? No, not Magus. That's weird. Uh, the Magus. <laughs> He is the evil version of Adam Warlock. Right. You know, he he is um, the dark side, if you will, that that kind of gets pulled out in, I think it's Infinity War. No, he gets, gets, I can't remember how he gets created. Mm. But, you know, he's just basically the dark side. And so they could be the same character if you wanted them to be. Right. A uh, character of Maxim, who's one I talked about when we did our top 10 comic book characters. The Goddess, Moondragon, Pip, Sleepwalker, and Mephisto. Which, I don't remember why we picked Mephisto. Mephisto did have a, a uh, an aspect in the Infinity Crusade. Oh, I kind of remember that. He now. actually had a pretty big part in the Infinity Gauntlet uh, mm-hmm. as well, but she's been left out of the Infinity Gauntlet, and yeah. he's been kind of left out of the MCU completely. Um, but he does have a part in the Crusade, so that's kind of why I wanted to add him. Also, there wasn't like a bunch of characters to do, so I was like, right. all right, I'm just going to do... So I added I added up later, I added Sleepwalker and Mephisto, because they're just kind of like side characters. Uh-huh. Sleepwalker's not even a big character in the C- Infinity Crusade. He does he, show up, though, doesn't he? He shows up because we see him fight. Um, yeah. I think it's Darkhawk who mm-hmm. he ends up he ends up beating. Spoiler alert, he beat him. <laughs> uh, but Mephisto is kind of like uh, he does have a an actual like plot line in there. Okay. Um, and Sleepwalker, we're never going to do Sleepwalker in <laughs> any other instance. And actually, this is probably how we saw Sleepwalker. Yeah. And I, I think was, that's, that's how I was introduced. Yeah. To so specifically, why we are doing Infinity Crusade is because this was one of the absolute first comics. I remember us having like yeah. we had a couple of we didn't have the entire like six run of the infinity Crusade. we had yeah. like i think maybe the first one or second one we had like the first and third one or yeah something, something like, that. like that and so particularly i remember and i read this comic quite a bit actually i remember our mom sent it to me and it was all beaten to crap <laughs> I, I think i ended up tossing it because yeah. like we've read it a bunch and it's just like from from years yeah you know the front cover was falling off and yeah. other stuff like that but specifically this was a comic book that we just we had in like you know we had a very small stack of comics when we mm-hmm. were younger but this was one of them that we we read plenty of times and it kind of it got helped get me into marvel comics and we get get me to comics period right. uh, and what i liked about this was this whole storyline the infinity crusade storyline it put heroes against heroes yeah so the main thing uh, goddess who is the embodiment of good slash like the religious side or whatever of Adam Warlock. She's kind of like the anti Magus. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of builds this religious army who has trying to, you know, she, she kind of creates this other world like that. She is considering paradise and she recruits all of these heroes to her side. And then there's, this, it's almost like a civilish war right. kind of where you see heroes against heroes. And we had, the, and we had a couple of those comics and it was just kind of fun to watch heroes fighting each other yeah that's kind of basic understanding now infinity crusade itself 
is probably the third best <laughs> of the Infinity Crusade of the Infinity Trilogy. Yes, it's at least you know I think most people put it as Gauntlet is definitely the best, which I agree with. I haven't even read War, and then Crusade is is, uh, mm-hmm. is the next one. It kind of goes in that order. Yeah, um, yeah but it, it's really mostly about this goddess character who. It's kind of like manipulating some people into, you know, joining her side and villain against villain, hero against hero, and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, um, and some stuff like that. She also, she gets like this cosmic egg. Uh, right. Yeah, which the whole cosmic egg thing is kind of like, it's almost like the start of the Big Bang uh, in the Marvel Universe. It's, yes. Uh, it's, it, the, I think the Infinity Stones came from the cosmic egg or something. It's, it's deeper than, I, if you want to know more about it. Ask the guys from Dynamic Duel. Actually, I'm going to mention that. They're one of the recent episodes, which was Spectreverse Galactus, and in the background of Galactus, he talked about the egg and mm-hmm. how this is actually the eighth, yeah. like eighth iteration of yeah. the universe itself. Mm-hmm. So I, I would recommend that one because that, that was a good background on that, on that episode of theirs. Yeah, just ask them questions. They would probably know more about it than we do. <laughs> but uh, it was just one that we definitely read and we enjoyed as a kid. So we wanted to tie it into the Marvel Universe. You know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe after Endgame happens, if they don't do something like Secret Invasion, maybe they can uh, tie this in. But this would kind of be a weird story. I don't think that they would do this. They'd go back to another right. all-powerful cosmic egg thing. Right. That's the, so, that's the gist. Okay. <laughs> so from that, we're going to do... I was kind of rehash what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Adam Warlock, Magus, Maxim, the Goddess... Moon Dragon, Pip, Sleepwalker, and Mephisto. And and the Mages wasn't even a huge character in Infinity Crusade. It was really right. the goddess. Yeah. Uh, you know, Adam Warlock and the Mages are tied in together, obviously. But the Mages was really a big story villain in Infinity War. And yeah. so if my whole idea is if he's even in this kind of movie, it would be almost like a flashback because there are there are tie-ins mm-hmm. to some of those storylines and to kind of see how the goddess came to be you kind of have to see the magus and that kind of stuff so anyway okay. that's that's and we can we can very quickly go over some of these characters as we as we right before we cast them yeah all right uh well let's kind of i guess we'll just work backwards from that list cuz why not mm-hmm. uh so we'll start with mephisto all right, Mephisto. Who, who I is he? Is he a Spider-Man villain? Uh, I think Mephisto started maybe even against like the Fantastic Four or okay. something like that. Um, I mean, he's he's a fairly cosmic villain where he is he goes against everybody. Okay. Um. Uh. Let me. Let me. He's see. in it for himself. Yeah. I mean, he's he's really he has the look of he's he's pretty much he's kind of like the the Marvel's devil, if right. you will, where they have the embodiment of death. Mephisto is kind of like he looks like the devil. Right. He's he's red. He just has like that sort that, of demonic look. Yeah. To him. Okay. So his first appearance was actually in the Silver Surfer. Okay. So which tie, do tie into Fantastic Four to an extent, but he's right. yeah very very much that kind of a villain. Okay. His aspect in this storyline is that he kind of ends up helping Thanos and Adam Warlock defeat the goddess by giving some some information and stuff like okay. that. So he, I mean he has ties in right. tie ins, but. Uh, Okay, so. why don't you uh, start us off with who you picked? Sure, uh, and Mephisto wouldn't be a huge character in this movie that we had it, but I you got to have someone who can I don't know be very devilish. Who mm-hmm. it's Mephisto is not like very bulky, not very strong, right? But you know he's kind of skinny, and I, I did a guy who I think he's a very versatile actor. Uh, he's I would love to see him in the MCU. I think he could do this mm-hmm. kind of character fantastically. I went with Sam Rockwell. 
as okay. my Mephisto. I think he would be. He would, even though he's technically in the MCU as uh, Hammer, Iron Man Two. Oh, that's right. He was in Iron Man Two. You're right. Shit. But, but I mean, he's, I forgot about that. I can. Yeah, I completely forgot. I, I tried to purge Iron Man Two out of my head. <laughs> really? But yeah, that's. I, I, I don't. I don't I hate didn't it. Think it was that bad. I actually like it better than Iron Man 3. Three. I put them all on the same plane. They're, they're equally meh. They're they're very much on the they're on the lower end for me. But I forgot. No, no, no. You know what? He is. He's in the MCU. I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna go to my second choice. Okay. Though I still think Sam Rockwell is a fantastic choice oh, no, for he, Mephisto. He would be. My second choice is David Tennant. Ooh. Oh, but he's in the MCU too. No, well, no. Well, they, they did kind of purge. They kind of purged that. Yeah. And I, Feige. For some reason, Feige didn't. Yeah. He never like wanted them. So fuck it. Uh, then I'll okay. go with David Tennant. Then. Okay. I think you know he was a kick-ass Purple Man. Yeah. I think he would be. He'd be a good Mephisto. As okay. Well. Yeah. I'd like I like. I kind of failed on my castings there. Not That's even okay. thinking about. <laughs> uh, admittedly, I did all of my casting last night around midnight <laughs> okay so you're quick <laughs> so very quick um some some of these may not come out some of these were kind of done very quickly so but i think my mephisto came out pretty good he's uh i've only used him in one other casting before and it was not superhero related uh but he's coming out in a comic book movie pretty soon but it's a uh, sort of dc inspired movie i went with joaquin phoenix oh yeah definitely dc inspired because <laughs> it's their biggest character yes their biggest villain he would be. A, he would bring something. Absolutely. Yeah. He can do it. He could do well. He could I do just well. kind of looked at the picture of Mephisto and I was like, yeah, I can totally sure. see Joaquin. Sure, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree with that casting. He would. He could do something pretty cool with that. Yeah. So. All right. So let's go to Sleepwalker, who's a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, Sleepwalker uh, is sort of a. It's from like a dream realm. It's something like that, yeah. Something like that, and he's he's a member of what's basically sort of like the dream police, and he gets tricked into entering the mind of this person and kind of can come out of this person or kind of becomes him. Yeah, he has an interesting. He has a very cool look to him. He does. In a lot of iterations, he's kind of a like mostly purple with some kind of green, like kind of green and purple, and yeah, stuff like that. He's got like a purple hood. Yeah, he's got like a green. Sometimes you see his face, sometimes you don't, but you yeah. see his eyes. Red eyes, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there could have been a lot of people. I considered just casting a voice and not caring who yeah. was going to be on the on yeah. the uh, yeah you can, yeah you can do you, you could do this whole bunch yeah. of different. Ways. I mean he's he's jacked because he's a villain, but like he doesn't have to be. You could do you could go a lot of different right. ways with him. So I I actually just went with someone who is kind of ish known for being a big guy. Kind of uh, they recently introduced a character that he plays on The Walking Dead, which I really like. Uh, he plays Beta recently, uh, and I went with Ryan Hurst, who was also on Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah, I watched plenty of Sons of Anarchy. I do like him. I, I want to see him in more stuff. Yeah, um, I remember him. So he was in something like as a kid. He, well, he was in Remember the Titans. Yeah, that's what I remember from Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. That that's it exactly. Yeah, no, I like him. I, I, I and I liked him quite a bit in Sons of Anarchy. So I do want to see him in more stuff. Um, yeah, he is tall and imposing kind mm-hmm. of guy so i think he would make a lot of sense for sleepwalker in that sleepwalker has a good intimidating look to him i think ryan hurst could do that cool i cast very differently <laughs> my guy is almost is very scrawny compared to ryan hurst that's for sure okay um but he's a really good actor and he's in a lot of stuff nowadays and i just kind of want to see him i want to keep seeing him and do stuff uh i say partly partly because i do not like the last thing I saw him in, mm-hmm. which the last thing I saw him in was The Last Jedi, which I liked it the first time I saw it. And then, like, I kind of, I've watched a lot of, like, 
shit on the last Jedi videos uh-huh. <laughs> uh, just being like why it sucks <laughs> and there's a lot of things I thought I hate that casino scene completely just cut it out uh-huh. there's a lot of issues with it I was I was definitely entertained the first time but the more I dissect it yeah. the more I'm just like oh man the Star Wars I feel I'm not feeling good about the future of the Star Wars universe and in particular probably this character is my least favorite because he plays General Hux I do hate that opening of General Hux where Oscar Isaac's character uh-huh. is calling him and like right. prank calling him. He's, he's giving a crank call. Like it should be on fucking crank anchors. You remember that show? And, and it's really, really, you know, it's just played for dumb chuckles. And, yeah. and general Hux in general should be, he should be like the next grand Moff Tarkin who you, who you, I mean, when, when grand Moff Tarkin speaks, you shut, you shut up. Right. He was awesome. Yeah. Hux should be like that, but he's more of a joke. Yeah. Dom Hall Gleason is a really good actor. He was really good in uh, Duex Machina. He was also pretty damn and villainous in The Revenant. And so that's kind of where I wanted to get some of those vibes. He can do a lot of different stuff. The son of kick-ass actor Brendan Gleeson. Okay, yeah, yeah. Love Brendan Gleeson. They were both in Harry Potter, actually. Okay. Uh, he was one of the Weasleys, and he was, uh, and Mad his I dad Moody. was Mad Eye Moody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I think he would do something different. Maybe almost. Yeah, just just more more magical kind of mm-hmm. tie into the ma- more magical aspect yeah. of Sleepwalker. So anyway, that's a long rant on Donald Gleason, but <laughs> that's who I picked. Anyway, okay. that's that. All right, uh, so let's move on to Pip. Pip is Pip the troll. Pip the troll. Yeah, kind of a sidekick of Adam Warlock for a lot of different aspects. Yeah, yeah. kind of wise crackery, a little yeah, bit, a little bit. I mean, he's he's kind of. Um, I don't know. He, you see him with like a cigar, and yeah. like he's kind of—I don't know—he's kind of. His really only power is that he can teleport. Yeah, which you'd think he actually gets from the space gem, and mm-hmm. but, but after he loses the space gem, he still apparently retains yeah. the ability to teleport. And he—he's part of the Infinity Watch, which yeah. is like the group that kind of like watches over the Infinity uh, Gems, Infinity Stones. Yeah, you know, and most of them have one of the exactly they had like the the different Infinity Gems, and that was his. And yeah, but he—he's he, kind of wise guy. He's definitely—I would say—he's kind of gruff he's he's funny he's definitely comical relief yeah um i had two guys here and i I don't know i'm wondering if i went with the wrong one well it won't matter so i i initially actually thought about because pip is small Mm -hmm. but i've already used uh martin Mm cleva in something and i that was my initial thought was i'll just pick Martin Cleva, but i've already used him in something so i didn't want to use him again so i just figured okay i'll this will be a, sort of a green screen of something where I'll kind of use a, 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 a regular actor and, okay. and use him in there. My actual, my first instinct was actually to go with Nick Frost. He's kind of a big guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's in uh, everything with Simon Pegg and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. He's funny. Um, he's definitely a funny guy. I could see him doing that. And honestly, maybe that was the better choice. The maybe. other one. Actually, the other one I kind of looked at him was like, I was, my other thought was, whose voice could I see coming out of a character that looks mm-hmm. like this? And the only other one, even though he's technically voiced a character in the MCU, the only other person I could think of was Seth Green. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'm sure he could do something like that. So, I mean, maybe if he got jacked, he could actually play <laughs> play the character a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be jacked to be Pip the Troll. That's true. I don't think. Right, out of those two, which do you think would. I probably lead towards Nick Frost. Nick Frost, myself, okay. Yeah. So we'll say I, we'll say I picked <laughs> Nick Frost. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think I, my casting is actually better. I did go with a little person. It probably is. Um, and I'm actually, I think he, he has that exact kind of 
gruff. He has a gruff voice. Uh, you see him with a cigar in his mouth in multiple movies that I've seen him in. Okay. Um, he's definitely funny. He's brings funny. He's a very comical actor. Did you pick Danny DeVito? No, I didn't pick Danny. DeVito. <laughs> and I, I, I did. I, his name starts with Danny actually, but it's not Danny DeVito. Oh, okay. Uh, I went with. Um, you, you've seen him on Seinfeld as Mickey. Uh, you've seen him in Death to Smoochie. He was in Watchmen. Uh, his name is Danny Woodburn. He is, you know, one of the more prolific little person actors, but he's just a re- damn good oh, actor. Yes, and he's got a good little kind of like a gruffish kind of voice yes. with him. I think he would be a fantastic. Yeah, pick. your pick is that's the best pick. Okay, cool. Yeah, he is great. Yeah. I loved him in Watchmen. Yeah, he was exactly. He played that uh, kind of like a mobstery kind of guy that uh, Rorschach. Yeah, uh, kind of see is in the prison. Yeah, and he just I think he fits really really well for this kind of character. Yes. Yeah. Woohoo! I won. You won on that one, definitely for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, the next one is Moon Dragon. Who I don't really remember if she did anything. Yeah, no, she does. I mean, Other she, than the fact she's bald, that's she, all I remember. <laughs> she's bald. She is bald. She. I think she's. She has like one of the stem the gems like in her forehead or something. Uh-huh. I've seen her shoot beams from it. Damn it. And I don't really know all that much of the background of Moon Dragon, but mm-hmm. um, in this aspect, I think she's telepathic. Uh, as well. She's, she's pretty powerful. I think she's also part of like the infinity watch, but yeah, I think what I remember on this in, in, in infinity crusade, I think she's kind of part of, uh, goddesses group of people. Uh, I believe so in the story. She is. Yeah. 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 So she's just kind of like, she's kind of, I'd say maybe even goddesses like second right hand man kind of right hand man kind of thing. Okay. Um, Why why don't you go ahead and say your pick first? Sure. Powerful telepath. She's got other stuff. You know, she's got a very interesting look. Bald head. Yeah. Uh, she's kind of got like this green dress on, and I always remember she's got like this high collar yeah. kind of thing. But so I, I tried to go with somebody. One, just an actress who I want to see in more things. I do think this actress could pull off the bald look. Uh, she is a good actress. I want to see her in more things. She's German, and so she mostly acts and and speaks in her you know native German, uh-huh. but. I want to see her in more things. Honestly, ever since I saw her in *Inglorious Bastards*, I think she is just a damn good actress. I went with Diane Kruger. Oh, okay, okay. I think she, she's very. I very much went with like just that the look of Moondragon. Can I interpret it into you know pull it straight from the page? And I mm-hmm. think Diane Kruger could. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. I'll be honest. My my choice. Not that it's a bad choice. She's a great actress. But she may or may not be right for this role. I think I probably put her lower on the totem pole than she's probably would have been worth mm. as far as an actress goes. Again, I made this list very late last night because I had <laughs> forgotten to do it right before we were going to record. Wow. wow, John, good prep. I know, which is which stinks because I I was the one who wanted to do this, and uh, I, I I was thinking, well, who have I seen bald? And then I thought of the one I thought would fit the best. Uh, actually, my first instinct was there was a couple of characters in the movie The Fifth Element. Mm. who were bald, who look, had really good look. And I was like, oh, man. But that was like 15, 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a good way. And so I was like, oh. So yeah. I ended up going with Charlize Theron. Okay. She has the she has the look. Very similar look to, honestly, yeah. Diane Kruger, she's, I think. She's Diane. a tall. We know she looks tall, good bald. Tall, yeah. So, I mean, it's probably a lesser role than yeah. she would have normally taken for something like this. So Yeah, she, I mean, she probably would have pushed for the goddess character. Right. That, that probably would have been what she really wanted. Eh, I mean, I mean, she's a good actress. Yeah, I, I like her. I, she's she's badass. And so if they had like some good fighting or something, I think she'd be kind of cool. Okay, she could use her bald head and attack somebody. <laughs> with, I don't know. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. All right, all right. So let's move on to the goddess. Speaking of which, 
Um, I'll go ahead and jump in with mine. Actually, it was funny after after I had cast her at least there on as Moon Dragon. I I was looking up the goddess. and I was like, oh, she would she would have done well here too. Yeah, probably would have been better as to pick her as goddess. But I ended up going with Amber Heard. Oh oh, um, Mira. Yeah yeah. Okay, trying to pull trying to pull her from uh, under the sea to up into the clouds of the <laughs> cosmos with Marvel. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean. She she can she can be goddess esque. Yeah, she's a good actress. Yeah, so you can go a lot of different routes. Honestly, I think if you want, goddess is I think the goddess is despite the fact that the goddess is kind of the villain, not very dynamic. No, yeah, from what I remember, it's, yeah, in the comics, she's, she's kind of blah. Yeah, she's pretty so, blah. Not that Amber Heard is blah, but it kind of just means that it doesn't really matter who you put in there if you keep the character the same. Yeah, so very true. I I wanted to kind of pull away from the blah, uh, mm-hmm. and I wanted somebody who I think could add. Add something to it. I didn't go with a huge name actor, okay, um, but I did go with someone who I think I think would be fun to see in some more roles. I think maybe she could notch up the badassness of the goddess because we have a main villain. And this actress was definitely badass in Baby Driver as like John Hamm's female that, that was with her. I can't I can't remember the character's name, but she was also in the more recent um, Battle Angel, the Alita movie. She wasn't as Alita, but she's in that one as well. Her name is uh, Aitza Gonzalez, and I think she's she's got a kind of a look that I want to go for with my go- my goddess, and I think she's definitely can be badass. And so I I want to see her in more stuff. So that's who I went with. Yeah, I mean she's she's got a cool look to her. Mm-hmm. I could uh, yeah I could totally buy that too. Yay! Yay! All right. <laughs> I feel like we're just kind of going through this one. <laughs> yeah. Like I was excited to do this casting yeah. because this is like a comic book that we loved, and then now we're just kind of like, yeah, here's this character. Here's the character. <laughs> Sorry, guys. They're not all gems. They're yeah. not all infinity gems. Uh, I- <laughs> That's me slapping my knee right there. I'm sorry. I'm trying. <laughs> all right. Uh, now to well, actually one of my favorite characters yeah. uh, of all time, Maxim. He was very short-lived. They only use him for a short while in the Infinity Watch. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the only reason why he happens to be in, in this is because he was a member of the Infinity Watch around the time that this yeah. series took place. He can manipulate not only his size, but his mass. I don't know, but he always seemed like he was such a cool character, and and he had, like the way he talked and everything like that. Yeah, he, worked for me. He was he was probably one of the standout characters in just the, one of those few comics that we had. Yeah, and he had a really cool look to him. He almost kind of almost had a crew cutty kind of hair. Yeah, but he had these like kind of goggles on. But he had a blue and red suit, and he could just get he can get bigger and yeah. bigger and get really strong. And there were like two moments I specifically remember from that comic book. One, I think it was uh, Invisible Woman who kind of put him into a force field and yeah. he was just standing there like, really? <laughs> and then and so he's like, and then he grows his mass and he busts out of her force field yeah. and like, you know, shatters her basically and like kind of hits her or whatever. Right. Um, but like, because that, and then the other one, <laughs> which I'm sure you remember too, yeah. he's fighting Hercules. Yep. He grabs Hercules and he puts him in this hold and then he just fucking chucks him. Yeah. He <laughs> like flips him. over him and throws him yeah. like to the next state line. Yeah. Essentially what yes. would be. Yeah, you even get like a funny shot later of seeing Hercules swimming back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, but for some reason, Maxim, he just seemed very cool. And he was kind of, um, in, in Infinity Crusade, nobody knew who he was. He was kind of like yeah. a mysterious stranger yeah. in the Infinity Crusade storyline. He's not even a huge character, but like he's one that stuck with us, and yeah. obviously, particularly you. Yeah. But yeah. So 
go for. I'll, right. Then I'll let you. I'll let you go second because okay. this is kind of your one of your sure. main guys. I went with an actor who I absolutely want to see in more things. He's not as beefed and jacked as I probably would want my Maxim to be. Maybe he can drop a couple pounds. I think he probably needs to. He's, he's a little chubby guy. Uh, my character, my actor, who I chose, but he's always played like a kind of a strong guy because he is big. He's big and bulky. He just kind of got has a little bit of a gut that I kind of want him to drop for this role. <laughs> yeah, okay. but I like him a lot. I loved him in The Wire, and I also like him quite a bit uh, on his fairly short run in Walking Dead. His name is Chad Coleman. He's the kind of actor that I just see and I'm just like, oh, fuck yes. You're in this. You make me happy. I like what you do. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's just, you know, he's a little bit bulkier than I want. At least, like, you know, you know, he just, just go on Atkins or Keto or something for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has always plays like a, he's always, he's a strong dude. Yeah. You know, but I want to see him in more stuff and I think he would be a, a really cool fit. Cool. No, I like him. I liked him on, uh, I liked him on Walking Dead. I can totally see him in that role, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going with someone who you've cast before, and I think would also probably fill this role. Uh, he would probably have to beef up a little bit, or you know, it's the movies they can mm-hmm. they can make it look. I mean, they're gonna if they're gonna show Maxim's powers, they're gonna have to put a little bit of CG. Into oh yeah, it anyway. Yeah. So because I mean, he could uh, he could probably go toe to toe with a Hulk. Yeah, yeah, to it's a degree. and pretty much especially on size wise and strength, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know what they have they have like muscle suits and yeah. Maxim has a suit. I mean if if Zachary Levi has that muscly suit <laughs> right. in in Shazam which honestly I think looks the suit looks rough. Yeah. Um like you see that and it's just like oh well, that's padding. That's padding yeah. too. That just look you don't you don't look it, obviously yeah. not as strong. Like yeah. I know Henry Cavill's Superman suit was padded as well, but he pulls it off. Yeah. He looks like he's fully jacked. Yeah. Uh, Zachary Levi does not. Sorry, I just had to jab in there for <laughs> Shazam Sorry. a little bit. Even though the movie looks okay, I'm, I'm not going to see it. Yeah, probably wait. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, that was a little, okay. a little weird tangent. but So bringing it back in, I actually went with John David Washington, who was in Black yeah, Klansman. Black Klansman. And he's and, in uh, Ballers. Yeah, yeah. I like him from Ballers quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely would probably need to beef up. He's not in bad shape by any means, but he is small in comparison mm-hmm. to Maxim. But you're right. You know, if he can just get like, you know, have some muscle on or something. Right. I think he would. He's a good actor. I think it's a cool call. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm up. I am up with that. All right. Um, now let me ask you this. I just cast Adam Warlock and Magus as the same person. Okay. I did two separate. Okay. People. So why don't we go with your I'll, Magus? I'll go with my Magus. 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 Ma- Magus whatever. whatever yeah, yeah. I'll go with mine because I did have two separate people. Because the way I saw it now in the comic books, typically they look exactly the same. Where Adam Warlock is gold, mm-hmm. basically, and the Magus is purple. Uh, but he kind of, he also, I've seen him with like a, he's got like a white fro on sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's apparently there's been like three different iterations of okay. the Magus. So, yeah. However you want to I kind of went, I went with the fro version. Okay. And so. One of them apparently was like an evil version of Adam Warlock from the future that came back to the past. Oh. One of them was considered his brother who was sort of cloned from him or something like that. Like, uh, there's a couple yeah, of different of iterations. Yeah, it's, it's like a soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Uh. So I went with uh, an actor who I like, and I feel like I thought I would see, uh, you know, he's someone who, again, I want to see in more stuff. He's not a huge actor by any means, but I think given a shot, he would do a fantastic job. And the Magus is a very small role in this mm-hmm. part anyway, and so maybe it makes more sense just to be the same actor and just, you know, as Adam Warlock and die in purple, because it's just going to be in a flashback, I think, that you'd probably do for this role. Okay. Um, but 
I went with Michael Ely. He has been in Too Fast, Too Furious, Underworld Uprising. Um, more so, you know, he, I can see him. He's done like some some action war movie in uh, Miracle at St. Anna. I kind of went with someone who I think can pull off the fro look of the Magus. Okay. And he could be, you know, he's a smaller actor. Put him, put him, give him a chance to kind of dive into the MCU and see what he can do. So right. that's who I went with, Michael Ely. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. No thing against it especially if you're going for the fro look one yeah i do i so i think i think he would work well all right so let's kind of move on because my mage is going to be played by the same guy who plays okay so we'll just just kind of go ahead to adam warlock okay i'll go ahead and say mine first i had a hard time with this one because there were a lot of actors who i'm like well it's gotta it's gotta have kind of like a good i think he's gotta have a good looking face Mm -hmm. adam warlock seems like he's like Kind of, kind of got a, like a handsome face underneath all that gold. He does. Um, he does. He's a very, the, very a lot of the classic pe- handsome. Lot, yeah, a lot of the people I was thinking of were either already in the MCU mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, they were in the Fox X-Men ones, which I actually did go with someone who was from the Fox yeah, that's uh, ones, fine. but I didn't go with one of the obvious ones. Okay. I went with a little bit of a lesser known one. Probably someone who wouldn't already, who wouldn't necessarily be immediately associated with them. Like, I didn't go with Fastbender or something like that, mm-hmm. who uh, we already would have been like, okay. Yeah. So, um, I actually went with the person who played Archangel in Apocalypse, which was Ben Hardy. Also, in my mind, I wanted yes. Adam Warlock to have a British accent. I don't know okay. why, but in my mind, <laughs> I was like, he's got to be British. Oh. Uh, good looking kid. Uh, he was also recently in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. He played Roger Taylor. Yeah. From Queen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I even like looked at him as a potential or one of these roles. Yeah, he's not bad. He's definitely, he's got a very baby face to me. Uh, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. And we, we do think Adam Warlock, maybe he'll show up. You know, we they, they tease that at in. At the end of uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Maybe they'll bring him in for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah, that's possible. I kind of um, hope so. I'd love for, I'd love for. All kinds of things happen in the MCU. Yeah, but yeah. Just we keep it going. We don't. We don't run it. So yeah, there's no. Yeah, we don't. But we want to just keep it. We'll still give you our money. Yeah. So keep making it. You know, yeah. don't don't end it here, which we know it's not exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, I can. I totally see um, a British accent mm-hmm. in this role, um, and I also like you know for me it's I see it tying into the MCU like this whole thing. Obviously, we're we're tying mm-hmm. into the MCU, so. It would be, you know, be coming from that group, the Sovereign, uh, that we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy two, and yeah, it's be have to be gold look, you know, have that gold blonde hair or whatever. Right. I the thing is, I didn't cast someone with goldish blonde hair, but they'll make ah, it work. They'll make it work. They'll make it work. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, if if it was twenty to twenty five years ago, go look at Simon Baker, who was the Mentalist. Okay. If you look at him, like in the year two thousand. Or like, you know, late 90s, year 2000. He is the exact look that I want for Adam Warlock. Like, just go find a picture from from that time. And I'm just like, yeah, you are 100% my Adam Warlock. Okay, yeah, I can totally see it. Yeah. I can totally see it. But now he's a little bit older. And yes, you know, you're going to paint him gold. And so you could just cake the makeup on and it would work. But I went with someone who's a little bit younger. Maybe not as young as yours, but probably close enough and it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I went with an actor who has played a king, uh, a king of the north, 
And uh, now it's time for him to play a warlock. Uh, I went with Richard Madden, British British look, actor as well. I looked at Richard Madden. I, yeah. I ultimately decided not, not to go against him, but uh, or not to go with him. But actually, I did look yeah. at him for a little bit. He looks. I, I think he's got he's got the face shape that I want. He does. Uh, and and I know in Game of Thrones he had you know like facial hair, but in the the bodyguard show that he's on right now, he's clean shaven. And I'm just like. You've got exact. You've got a really good face shape. Yeah. It, it, as weird as that, maybe that sounds, but like just no, like no. you've yeah. got a good face shape, and I think you have the face I want as a as a Adam Warlock. So cool. Yeah. No, I like that pick a lot. All right. Um, part of me probably thought I should have gone with him, mm. but I ultimately just kind of no. going away from it. So Ben Hardy's cool too. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was our casting for Infinity Crusade. As our, yeah, for the third blah version of the Infinity Trilogy, we gave you our kind of our blah casting. We're yeah. sorry, people. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's hard. It's hard talking for two well, hours. That and well, that and we're 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 ever expanding the our own sort of version of the MCU. Yeah, and. You know, I, th- I don't know how you do it, but in my mind, every time we cast a Marvel thing, yes. I want this in the universe, so I will not reuse Correct. anyone. Yeah. So it's getting harder and harder to find <laughs> yeah. people. We who keep, yeah, we keep exactly. building. Yeah, we're building our own MCUs, and it is, it is tougher. But uh, fuck right. it, there it was. All right. Please join us next time for an album review episode. We take a look at the Brit pop album What's the Story Morning Glory by Oasis. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows from your childhood, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.